Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Welcome, everybody, to the Commentarian's Coming Attractions episode number nine. Uh, this episode, for new listeners, this is where we talk about what movie we're going to be doing this month, who we're going to be doing it with, the guest uh, information about the movie, everything you're going to need to know for the month of February. So let's get into it. Uh, this month's uh, host for the main movie is Nathan Underwood. How you doing, Nathan? I'm doing great. Um, I'm super excited about this month. We've got, uh, got a, we've got a great, great movie selection this month, and that is the movie cult classic Serenity. Serenity by Joss Whedon. Yes, Serenity by uh, Joss Whedon. Um, not as widely uh, loved at the box office as many other films, but right. um, it's made what it's made up in like post uh, theater sales, merchandising, things like that. I'm sure is more than made up for what they lost because uh, it started with a budget of thirty nine thousand and made it, or thirty nine thousand, thirty nine million. <laughs> sorry, that would be really impressive. Uh, yeah, thirty nine thousand, <laughs> but thirty nine million. Uh, and it only brought twenty five million back in at the box office, right? Um, which shocked me. I didn't realize that. It was really funny. I, I saw it brought in twenty five million. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But then I remembered. Wait, no the the, the budget was thirty nine. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, so, but like but, you said, it's a cult classic, so it made its money back after the fact. Yes. And, and not only that, you know, it, it, it's, it's still making money because there were some, I mean, I know there's lots of people who are latecomers to this. There's still a huge uh, following online. The, the fans of the series that it was spawned from, Firefly, are, and the right. fans of the movie are still very active, very vocal online, especially if you're in any kind of nerd or geek Facebook group or what have you. They're there. <laughs> right. um, but this is not just a movie for nerds and geeks. Um, this is, if you like an action movie, it, it's, it's solid and it is, and it's more than just an action movie. There's a lot of depth to it, which is one of the reasons that we selected it. Yeah. Uh, this is the second Joss Whedon film we're going to be doing. Uh, we did Cabin in the Woods with, uh, our co-host, uh, Emily Dixon a while ago, but, uh, he did that one with, uh, his co-writer from Buffy, uh, Marty Knox and so this one he did on his own. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of this and how uh, we came to the movie here? Okay. Well, the um, for those of you not familiar with Serenity, it was actually, it's the completion of a Fox series that lasted for one season. And mm -hmm. it was a series called Firefly. It was set in the year, in the I don't remember the exact year, but the 26th century, so roughly 500 years in the future. And the... The idea behind it is that, you know, Earth's population got too large to support it. 
So people have had to travel into the future in order to um, to keep living. They found another solar system with lots of moons and planets where they can uh, basically have been terraforming them and, and starting up new civilizations there. Um, very interesting world that Joss has built here. Um, uh, one of the things that Naomi and I mentioned, you don't see a lot of your typical sci-fi tropes. There's not laser or energy weapons everywhere. Um, there's a right. few here and there used by, uh, used by the government officials occasionally. Um, there's no aliens, um, mm-hmm. in the series, which, which is one of the funny things that it's not obvious. It's not, it's not something I even thought about till several times through I watched it. I'm like, there's no other cultures. It's just humans. Um, they still use, uh, you know, projectile weaponry with bullets and, uh, whatnot. But those are the things that actually kind of make the movie relatable and make the series yeah. relatable and just draw you into the world because you're the places where you, where you have to suspend disbelief are, uh, they're not as wide as you would on something like, uh, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars or something of that nature. Yeah. And what's great about the movie is, uh, like myself, I came to the movie first when it premiered on HBO. I had no idea what it was. I had heard of it. And so when I saw the movie, I really didn't need to know what happened in the show because it does a really good job of explaining the world, the characters, the relationship to one another. And so you don't have to watch the show, but when you watch the show, it really brings a whole history behind it. It uh, fills in a lot that uh, helps, uh, especially in the back end. Yeah, and that's that's actually something that uh, Naomi and I talked about because we already recorded the episode. We talked about that and how there, uh, she and I both watched the series before the movie. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Emily and I were talking about it. She watched the movie first, then went back and watched the series. And she said that she she felt like you could watch the movie standalone with no problem. And I said, and I knew that the movie was the the conclusion for it. Um, cause I had a friend sure. who, who set me up with it. I actually kind of came late to it. I, I didn't see it in the theater. I had a friend who asked if I wanted to watch it at his place. I'm, I'm like, what is the deal? I've heard about this. Apparently it's, you know, there's a lot of buzz around it. And he goes, Oh, you haven't seen this. I'm like, Nope. So he goes, well, first you got to watch Firefly. So I was staying out of town. I watched two episodes at his place that night. And as soon as I got back into town, I bought the whole series, watched it, then bought Serenity uh, a few weeks later. So I did get to see it, kind of that buildup. And I do have to say, there are some things, if you do follow the series, I'm not going to lie, there's some things where you're kind of, at the beginning, you're a little disoriented if you've been Mm -hmm. watching the series, because you're expecting something else. Um, And there's some things that, you know, you might might miss some screen time with some of your favorites. I don't want to give too much away right now, but... Um, but it's a fantastic film. Um, Mm -hmm. Rotten Tomatoes gave it, uh, what are they? I have this here. Do you have that? Oh, I pulled that. Don't have it. I got all the budget information. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 83%. Oh, 83. Okay. Uh, but the audience score was 91%. So this is one of those things where like the audience liked it a lot more than the critics, which is understandable because this is like a cult film. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, it has this whole backstory and it's not just because it's a cult mm-hmm. film on its own. Uh, they, these fans are Joss Whedon fans. They are right. fans from the Buffy, uh, Buffy, the Vampire Slayer series, the Angel series, and then this. Um, so it has this juggernaut of following, uh, that it, you know, that it brought with it. 
Right. And and that's actually something I didn't realize that I actually enjoyed jo- some of Joss Whedon's work until after, much after the fact that I realized he was the director of this movie. And then I went back and I was looking at some of the X-Men comics that he had written. And I was like, oh yeah, I read that run and it was really good. Um, so yeah, he's, he's multi-talented. Not only does he do, do, do the movies, um, you know, he wrote the theme song to the series. He mm-hmm. wrote, you know, he's a comic book writer. And so, uh, yeah, but like you said, the, the fans of Joss Whedon, they actually, they're responsible for the movie because without their response and, and just basically harassing the studios into giving them something <laughs> to finish up uh, the story because we only got one season on Fox mm-hmm. and um, they just basically demanded something be done and, and, the, and then the studios gave him this amazing budget, Universal, <laughs> yeah. gave him a lot of money to, to finish it up and it was really awesome. And so I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, the movie, the the world that it creates. So, um, and of course you're going to see it in the movie. But basically, what what it's about is China and the United States were the biggest superpowers, and so you're going to see a lot of cultural uh, overlapping. People use uh, Chinese uh, like epithet, you know, like you know, they cuss in Chinese. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's what that was actually partly a TV trick, uh, you know, to get away from, right. around the censors whenever they wanted to use profanity, they would say some some Chinese phrase. Um, right. But yeah, the the blending of the cultures, um, it's really interesting because you'll you'll see um, people wearing different Chinese language t shirts, uh, even some more traditional dress on occasion. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's very well done um, to to build those out. Sorry, I, I yeah. kind of cut you off there. No, no, no. And so what happened is, like like you said, once uh, the Earth got so overpopulated, uh, they started terraforming outer planets, and it started growing, and the government became known as the Alliance, and they became a little too oppressive for some people. And so there was a revolution. Some people rose up. They were called the Browncoats, uh, and, but unfortunately, they lost. Right, and so what we have is uh, Mal uh, Malcolm Reynolds, who is now a bit of an outlaw, a smuggler. Uh, you know, deals in uh, stolen goods. Right, but they're more, you know, the Wild West, which is what's interesting about this is that this is almost a space western. Yeah, I, it is definitely has that space western feel. They kind of lose some of that in the film, and that's part of one of the things that I was a little bit disappointed with in the film. And again, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, still a fantastic movie. I love it so much. But I I do miss the fact they lost a little bit of that space westerny feel that they had in the series where you definitely mm-hmm. had that there were the the big central planets that are part of the alliance where the government's really well established and the rich people live. People ride around in hover cars. They uh, they live in these big buildings. They have a, fl- a hovering chandelier at their party, you know, all this stuff. Right. And then you get out on the on the outer planets, and it's like the old west. I mean, they're literally riding around on horses in the series on the outer planets. Yeah, and and I love that because <laughs> that was the thing. Like Star Trek was supposed to be. It was originally called Wagon Train to the Stars, and so it was supposed to have <laughs> kind of that prairie explorer type feel to it. Sure. Um, and and they did to a degree, but nothing like what firefly was able to really capture there's a great shot in the intro of the series on the the lead in where the ship is actually uh flying over like a herd of cattle yeah <laughs> and and so it's it's fantastic 
Yeah. And so what's really great about this, and unlike other uh, sci-fi shows or movies, is that this isn't a clean, slick, like, you know, sort of future that we're looking at. The, the ship is broken down. It is dirty. It's old. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they're constantly trying to fix it. it yeah. And it doesn't make the future for these folks all that nice. It is very dirty. It is grimy, but it's their job. It's their it's their life, right? Well, and that, but now and then, and now that's just one aspect of it, though, because they do the crew very much contrast, and it's kind of interesting because, like I said, you know the the central planets, you know there's there's more established cities, um, that the the crew is very much contrasted against that that backdrop, and then you also kind of see uh, Malcolm where he doesn't really fit in either world. Like when it comes right. to the time when it's time to go to the party, um, you know, he can dress himself up and look nice and hold his fork with the right hand and, uh, and you know, use all that <laughs> stuff. But, um, and, and that's one of those things that I wish they had developed that out longer, you know, and that's something I wish as much as I love the movie, I wish we'd gotten more seasons of, of Firefly mm-hmm. back because I think there's so many places the character could have been taken that we, I felt like we had to kind of rush it in the movie but the yeah. movie, and I say we had to rush it, but the movie did not feel rushed. You still get a yeah. great, uh, a, a great, they set the table well. It's paced well. Um, that, I mean, what can I say? It's, it's a good film. Yeah. And so, yeah, so uh, Serenity uh, by Joss Whedon, uh, starring Nathan Fillion. Let me add a couple of, of actors here. Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor who is a big star now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alan Tudyk, who you mentioned before, uh, was in uh, played uh, the chicken in Moana. Yes, so yeah, if anyone remembers all the way back uh, a little over a year ago, <laughs> doing Moana, <laughs> there's Alan Tudyk, he's back. Right. <laughs> and so one last thing I wanted to mention about the background of this, uh, it's Joss Whedon, what he loves to write about is community, family. Mm-hmm. These are the people who you're stuck with. Who you're, uh, who you're aligned with? Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, was Buffy, who was a like I said, a vampire slayer. You would imagine, but she has a family of friends who help her. It's always about uh, the group. Yeah, and our la- our the the last movie we did about with uh, Joss Whedon as writer, uh, com- uh, Cabin in the Woods, was the same thing: a group of friends who work together, and this is very much that. Yep. This is a community, a group of people who were kind of thrown together. Absolutely. And and you actually and you you see that where um everyone has their their job, everyone does their job and not but not but not in a way that everything just runs fluidly. You know, there's tension, there's friction, and everyone mm-hmm. knows that for the most part everyone is looking out for each other's best interests. So when someone is called on something, they respect each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things I really love about it. And the characters are, are just very well written. Um, yeah. One of the things I will say about this film, the dialogue, you pay attention to the dialogue, every little bit of it. It's, the, it's so clever, but it's mm-hmm. also very understated. Uh, there's yeah. not any big in-your-face. Um, it, it's... It, they don't draw attention to the things that they're saying that are funny, 
But if you're paying attention, you'll catch these little bits that are like almost throwaway lines that are just hilarious. Yeah. It, it, like I said, like we said before, uh, Joss Whedon, a very funny writer. This is a, an action movie. This is a drama, but it's really, really funny. Uh, Joss Whedon is great at that. So, Yep. Well, we really did enjoy it. Was there yeah. anything else you wanted to say about, uh, I almost said Firefly again. In my mind, it's Firefly <laughs> that happens to have an episode called Serenity. So I, I can't. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because uh, Naomi and I did that all through recording. We kept trying to <laughs> call it Firefly. No, so let's just get into the information. Yeah. Serenity uh, rated PG-13. PG-13 PG mm. uh, um, for action and violence. Uh, there is uh, there are some sexual references because of uh, there is a, a character who's basically a sex worker. Um, yeah. Uh, although we don't get a whole lot about her profession, but there is a lot of allusions to it. Let me uh, ta- uh, read off of the plugged in, the Christian site plugged in. Uh, characters curse in Chinese uh, and blurt out inventive uh, future swear words. In addition, we hear a few uses of the word of the S word, the H word, uh, the A word, along with other colorful uh, crudities. Uh, <laughs> in a bar. People are seen drinking and doing drugs. A character drinks from a small flask. And like I said, a lot of shooting, a lot of gunplay, um, and a lot of really violent things are referred to mm-hmm. that uh, they don't show. But there's... Yes. And, yeah, there's... And it does start uh, towards the beginning. There's kind of a, a little bit of like a kind of like asylum type horror scene. Um with with river yeah and then there are these monsters called reavers that uh, i'm just gonna say what they do um but it it refers to them these are uh people who have gone insane and they kind of become cannibalistic they're very they they rape their victims uh and before eating them and they they're just this marauding hoarding vicious group of people who are just uh they run on id basically just on right. pure uh you know reptile brain yeah and just insane and, over the top violence but most of that is referred to and not shown right and so that's it's scary because they they've seen it or they've heard about it but they've never they don't actually show it on screen Right. So yeah, and so again, the show refers to them. They actually show them in this. Um, so they are like the boogeymen. People don't even believe they exist sometimes. But uh, yeah, so that's that plays a big role in the in the movie more than in the show. Uh, so that's about all of the content that you're gonna see. Um, again, it's PG thirteen. It's not like a hard R or anything like that. There is very little blood shown uh so yeah so it's not that crazy no it's it's not terribly graphic but it's it's definitely well worth watching and we we are excited to have you join us for it yeah so i'm gonna be very excited to to uh to listen to this episode uh who are we doing it with oh our guest is uh naomi strain and she Mm -hmm. is one of our moderators over at the raven creek paddle store and she was the one who actually suggested Mm -hmm that we, you know, ask if we were interested in doing Firefly or Serenity. Yeah. And 
<laughs> and when she <laughs> asked, I was like, I'm all over that uh, because that's a fantastic movie. She was a great guest. Um, I actually, this was, this was my first time to host solo, um, mm-hmm. with a guest that I had not interacted with before. So I was a little nervous, but she was delightful and she it was so, in, so much loves this movie that she had so much to say about it that there's almost zero downtime in this whole episode. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I know that that was one of the things I was nervous about, like not knowing her, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if we we're going to be able to keep things going, but she does a great job. Um, she is from Canada and, um, she is just, you know, just as uh, polite as people say Canadians are, I guess, because you know, I had a great time and I, I think everyone else is going to love her. Yeah. Yeah. And perfect for this because she is a giant nerd loves, uh, you know, D and D loves firefly and then that uh that show with the the guy the doctor who flies around yeah doctor who phone booth whatever you call that and the tardis uh, the guy that flies around in the in in the tardis yeah what's it what's his name doctor who well that's not really his name but that's the name of the show they just call him the doctor oh oh okay <laughs> i was trying to do <laughs> a uh what is it Elvis, what's Costello? Abbott and ah, Costello. What, what, what are the names? It's not going to work on me, Joe. I'm too, yeah. I'm, I'm too into that show. <laughs> All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> like, no, they they never give his name. He's just the doctor. <laughs> they just call the show Doctor Who. <laughs> All right, so there you so, go. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, okay, so that that takes care of the movie. What else do we got to talk about uh, for February? Well, for February, um, we're going to announce, and we're not going to talk a whole lot about this movie, partly because most everyone um, in the United States probably knows about it, and listeners probably all over the world know about this film, but um, we are doing, for our Patreon supporters, we're doing a Valentine special, and it's actually going to be me and my wife, and we were talking about, uh, me and her had been talking for a while about doing this, and uh, we finally, she actually was the one who suggested doing this. We are going to be watching... Rogue One for our Patreon supporters and talking about that. And I know that doesn't seem like the greatest Valentine's movie, um, but that <laughs> is actually um, because I'm a big nerd. She's not as big a nerd as I am. Uh, watching a sci-fi movie with my wife uh, is actually a great gift. <laughs> and yeah. that was actually an anniversary gift uh, for the our, our anniversary is in December and she took me to see Rogue One in the theater. We've got a one of those theaters that has the balcony where you can get a meal and they bring you a couple drinks and nice all that uh, while you watch the movie. And so that was that was great. It was the first movie we've seen in we had seen in theaters for a while because we got two young kids and so it's hard to get out there. Um, but we had a great time doing that. And so, um, but Rogue One, uh, Star Wars story. It's between Episode Three and Four. Uh, it's mm-hmm. where they go find the Death Star plans. I know you've seen this one, right, Joe? Yeah. This this has to be either, if not one of my favorite Star Wars in the Star Wars series. Probably, if it's not one of my favorites, it's definitely my favorite. No, so. it, it is. It is the best, in my opinion. It's the best movie after uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. The um, you know, and and here's the thing, like. I'm a, I'm a late comer to a lot of stuff when it comes to movies and pop culture. 
um, just because I don't have a lot of time. So I have to wait for the stuff that my friends I trust have reviewed and recommended to me. Um, so when, uh, when they started making more Star Wars movies, um, and over the last few years around, you know, the time they just did episode, uh, eight or seven, I actually did not see that one until after I saw Rogue One because I, I was so disappointed with the or with the three prequels from back in the late nineties <laughs> that <Right>. when <laughs> when when they did these I was like okay I'll I'll get around to watch them and eventually Rogue One came out the the trailer looked really intriguing and I told my wife I wanted to see it we went to see it I thought it was so good I thought oh my goodness maybe they're doing something really good with the new Star Wars movies. Then I got around to watching uh, The Force Awakens and coming off uh, Rogue One to Force Awakens. I got I know I'm going to upset some people. Not even close. Like, Rogue One is so good. And um, it's one of those... Uh, now, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, it does uh, line up pretty close with the audience score and the uh, critic score. You know, 84% uh, on the tomato meter and then 86% fan score. This movie was the first Star Wars movie that I that I feel like for one it's the first of the Star of all the Star Wars movies that to me felt like a war movie like you might see any mm-hmm. other war movie like you know we had of course the Battle of Endor the Battle of Hoth those things but those felt like sci-fi um you know shoot 'em up kind of action you know laser beam movie tropes the scene mm-hmm. where they're on Jeddah and they're they're you know running through that city and things are blowing up around them. Yeah, that felt like a war movie. The final that battle on the on the beach. Oh man, like it yeah. it actually felt intense, like a war scene. And I know a lot of that probably has to do with just have being able to get out of you know there's because there's kind of a formulaic style they have to do with the main series like movies. Um, mm-hmm. they have to kind of remain kind of more true to that feel. I think because this was kind of considered like a minor story and the major theme that they were able to step away from that a little bit. Yeah. But I got to say just, I felt like, I felt like I was part of the action, uh, more so than I did with any other star Wars film since I was a kid watching, uh, you know, empire strikes back, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I have to say, one of my favorite things about this is that it talks about the Force as a religion. Right. And it, it this really amazing way of talking about how some people have it and some people don't, but, you know, I think they kind of took that away from us in the prequels, that you have to actually be born with the Force. Uh-huh. And it kind of plays into it here also, but it's almost like... Although we might not have the force in us, we still believe in it. We still, you know, we 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 think of it as a force for good. And there's this chant that people who ha- are loyal to it who say, "I am one with the force." The forces are, uh, what was it? So I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. Or I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of something a meditation that you say to yourself that is just. It, it it is really kind of a beautiful thought, yeah. That we we might not have it, but it's still what motivates us to be good people, to do mm-hmm. what's right, and to fight for what's right. Yeah, you know, we kind of saw some of that in the first movie when everyone's like, "May the force be with you," but it was kind of more of like a, 
like a cultural greeting uh, mm-hmm. more than anything. But here you actually see people who, like you said, are, are more interacting with it who are not who are not Jedi. Um, yeah. But one one other thing I got to say, and I, I don't you know again don't want to do too many spoilers. But if you haven't seen this by now, you probably just aren't interested. Um, but the Darth Vader scene. Ugh. I was, I tell you, that was the same type of terror. Like it, when he came on the screen, he was fierce. And yeah. I don't remember him being that ominous uh, since I was a child. Like, mm-hmm. and when, when that scene came in and then he just, it, it just tears everything up. And then, and then the fact that the very end of that movie is what's probably just hours if not minutes before the very first scene of a new hope yeah. it just blows my mind <laughs> yeah and th- that's that's what's great is that this isn't about the main players in star wars these are you know um outer characters and you just you've heard of of princess leia and you've heard of luke skywalker uh-huh. and so darth vader is like this mythic figure that you don't really that these characters don't interact with Right, and they get to play a part in helping the rebels defeat the empire, and it kind of talks about that how there are no small parts, right? You know, in the greater good, you know, we're all working towards it, and it's it's just a fantastic message. It's a fantastic idea and concept and world building. It is great. Yes. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. And again, I don't want to uh, go on too long about this one because everyone knows it. I mean, we're <laughs> and and it's again, it's it's getting right. back to the root of making good movies. And I I feel like and like you said, it's not the main character mm-hmm. um, because it is kind of it does kind of get to a point where you get into. And I know no, I know the hardcore Star Wars fans are not going to love what I have to say about this. Where you get to episode seven and eight, it's like. Man, how much more stuff is the Skywalker family just gonna screw up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I and, and I say that with love. I enjoy. Yeah, I, I love Star Wars, um, but I, I always believe that you know if you can't still love it after you you know, poke a little fun at it, then you don't really love it. Um, yeah, and so you know, I I do kind of think that's kind of funny, but. No, I'm I'm super excited about it. We haven't recorded this one yet, but we are going to uh, sit down tonight. We're going to make our, our notes up and get ready to record, and we'll have that up for everyone on Valentine's Day for you to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, and this one, uh, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, sorry, PG-13 mm-hmm. um, for sequences of violence and action, um, directed by Gareth Edwards, written by uh, George Lucas, Chris Weitz, I believe I'm saying that correctly. And Tony Gilroy. So that one uh, is made on a budget. And here's, <laughs> we're going kind of budgetarily, we're going to extremes here as far as Hollywood numbers. Uh, made on a budget of $265 million and took in $532 million in the box office. That's nice. not e- that's not even uh, merchandising. And... <laughs> And if you want to know how much money Star Wars toys have made, check out the toys that made us on Netflix. Did you watch that series? Yeah, Fantastic. yeah I love that series. So yeah. I'm hoping they come back with another season. I would, I would yeah. be very grateful. Really, really cool. Okay, and uh, how do we get this? 
How do we, how how can we listen to this episode? To listen to this episode, um, this is going to be our special Patreon special. So if you're if you're a member right. at the level that gets the extra features on Patreon, then you will be able to watch this when it comes out. We're going to post it again uh, on Valentine's Day and have it ready to go. Yep. So it's uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheCommentarians. Uh, for one dollar a month, you get entered. You you get uh, access to our fa- our uh, private Facebook page uh raven creek paddle store uh for two dollars a month it's only two dollars a month you hardly feel it you get entered into the uh facebook page uh but you also get a a special bonus episode every month and not just this one but you're going to get the back catalog also where we talk about uh hannibal lecter as a character we talk to gina about her favorite christmas movies and an interview with tyler smith uh, Christian film critic. So you get all of that for $2 a month. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, I'm so glad that we get to share this content and we got great content coming on the, coming out of the future. Uh, other commentary tracks on television shows, discussions on, uh, our favorite movie soundtracks and a lot, lots of fun stuff coming in the future. Only $2 a month. Go and check that out. And also we got merchandise. You want to talk about that? Uh, merchandise, if you go to, uh, well, right now, actually, if you go to uh, ravencreeksc.com and click on, there's a support page, and there you can either, uh, you can support the, the commentarians directly through Patreon. You can also support uh, our other podcast if you want to. If you scroll down to the bottom of that support page, you'll see a link that says uh, our store or our shop or something like that. I don't know. I just put it together last week, and now I can't remember. But um, just find it there. It'll take you to our shop. Whenever you go there, if you want to get one of our cool shirts, we've got, we've got Eli the Raven uh, with some uh, 3D opera glasses. We've got the classic Commentarians logo t-shirts up there with Joe's signature hair and uh, <laughs> wearing the 3D glasses. Um, but yeah, all that money uh, does go to support the show and keep us going. We try to keep the cost low, um, but because we are using a print-on-demand place and not ordering a whole bunch at once, uh, you know, they're not exactly cheap, but we do appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, but again, this is just to help us uh, provide free content for you guys. Uh, We love doing this, and it helps us out a lot because it's not free to... uh, uh, to post the episodes, to record the episodes. It right. costs us a little bit of money, but we love doing it. So if you want to help us out, buy some t-shirts, uh, mugs, uh, onesies for babies for some reason, because, you know, babies love our show. <laughs> and, or uh, check us out at patreon.com slash the commentarians. Any little bit helps. Uh, so we really appreciate you guys. Uh, he- thank you guys for supporting and for listening. So anything else, Nathan? No, I think that's it. I mean, uh, and again, you know, we make the plug for for uh, Patreon, but if you know, if, if if you don't, you know, if you can't, if you don't want to spend the money, we just ask. If nothing else, just share our stuff if you like it. And other than that, mm-hmm. I guess I will. Uh, I'll be here on the fifteenth uh, with uh, Serenity, not Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, catch you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. 
Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.